This week, on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing our favorite divisive movies. Hello and welcome to a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm still John Rooney. And if you've been wondering where we've been for such a long time, well, <laughs> we fucked up. We fucked up bad. And by we, I mean me, John and Patrick had nothing to do with it. I pressed no buttons that needed to be pressed <laughs> and fucked up real bad. So uh, let's just say, uh, I'm stupid. We'll move on. Uh, this week's mini-sode, since next week, we'll be talking about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Uh, one of the most divisive Star Wars movies in recent memory, if not one of the most divisive movies with a large fan base. Um, we'll be talking about the, our favorite divisive movies. Movies that came out and maybe didn't like the critical world on fire, but got uh, a cult following afterward. Movies that you love and everyone else hates. Anything along those lines we'll be accepting this week. Uh, you know, movies are those things that are shot on film and sometimes, uh, DSLR Sometimes cameras. they're shot on, on a digital. Sometimes they're shot on a Canon XL1 and you're like, 28 days later, more like 28 days, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Take that, d- months. No, I like that movie. It's yeah, good. no, it's yeah, real it's good. good I actually really like uh, Twenty Eight Weeks Later. I think Twenty Eight Weeks Later is actually the better movie. It's Still, never got good. around to watching that. Was it good? If it's you want to see a whole horde of zombies get chopped up by helicopter blades, this is the movie for you. Yes. I am on board. Yeah, just like just like Alien is like a horror movie, and Aliens is a straight up action movie. 28 Days Later is like a weird horror movie. 28 Weeks Later is a straight up like military action movie with zombies. Nice. It's All really right. dope. I'm in. Uh, so anyways, divisive movies. Let's go around the horn and let's see what everyone's thinking. John, we'll start with you. What is your favorite divisive movie? The prequels. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, I like how you just have to say the prequels. Yeah. They're not anybody oh, else's so you mean, prequels. You mean The Hobbit? Uh, the yes. Hobbit, uh, Desolation of Smaug, Smaug. Hobbit. Yeah, Smaug. Yeah. And Hobbit, uh, The Battle of the Five Armies. Those are the prequels you're talking about. Yeah, that's about. what he's talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. No, of course. I love being uh, slightly bemused for nine hours at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I like watching a big, huge blockbuster movie and saying, like, huh, yeah, no, I see what you were trying to do here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. I know. My actual answer, uh, I do have a deep abiding love of the Star Wars prequels, which you can hear, true believers, in episodes, whatever the hell numbers they were, of this very podcast. Probably about a year ago. They've yeah. got numbers. Um, but my actual answer for the purposes of this podcast, because we don't have nine hours for me to tell my love of the prequels, is another George Lucas joint. Uh, I really like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and I am very much in the minority Mm. of this. Mm. Guys, this is a safe space. (laughs) No. You specifically asked me a movie that I like that no one else does. And now you'd like to confirm your suspicion that no one else likes that movie. (laughs) Right, but I didn't say once you said it, we'd all go, ooh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Or Uh, I'd pat you on the back or something and give you a cookie. I will say that in its defense, I think a lot of people uh, wanted it to be something that it fundamentally was not. People wanted it to be another Indiana Jones movie uh, and they had a lot of problem with the fucking, it was Russian communists instead of Nazis and it was 
an alien instead of like a religious artifact. I didn't mind that. Yeah, because again, I, we were talking about this earlier, and you're absolutely right that they were going for the you know just as Indiana Jones has aged a decade, the film style has gone from like a 30s 40s serial Adventure action movie serial. to a B-movie 1950s movie. And I think that works like gangbusters. Uh, I will... I cannot defend Shia LaBeouf's performance. I th- Again, I can kind of see what they were doing of having him be like a shitty, dumb greaser, which is kind of like... Yeah, if you grew up in the 50s not knowing who your father was and like kind of hating your mom for it, like, yeah, you turn into like a little shitbag too. But like, I don't know... Shia maybe plays it a little too honest in that way. <laughs> too much of a shitbag? He kind of falls into that, like, Jar Jar trap of, like, oh, no, guys, this character is supposed to be annoying. Yes, and you successfully made a very annoying character. <laughs> well done. You've made me irritated. <laughs> yes. Uh, I will say that I think it does have some very interesting sequences in it. I really like the dumb nuke by the fridge, uh, you know, like, using the fridge as a lead shelter during the atomic blast <laughs> is it any more ridiculous than Sean Connery using his umbrella to spook some pigeons yes. into a propeller it is is it though yes. because here's the thing in real life I can spook pigeons just by running at them in real life if I got into a refrigerator with all of the lead on it <laughs> and was at ground zero of a nuclear explosion, I'd still die. I just think it's mm-hmm. I, I think it's interesting where people draw the lines and believability of that, because let us remind you that light melts your face in this movie. Yeah. God's light. God's That's light. That's different. <laughs> God's light. Yeah, no, it's no, no, no. It says I, so in the Bible. Here's, here's what I will off. say about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I like the idea that it is meant to be to evoke fifties like B like saucer men movies. Yeah. My beef with it is it's poorly done, and a lot of that in my mind has to do with George Lucas. Uh, you know, there was a large period of time between Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, at least like fifteen years. Yeah. Um, in that time, many scripts were written. Uh, to try and knock down an Indiana Jones 4. Mm. And George Lucas had very specific things that needed to be written into the script for him to say okay to the movie. One of those is the nuke the fridge. One of those is the fire ants. Uh, one of those was... I will go to bat for the fire ants. The fire ants are fucking rad. It's alright. It's cool. It's not the best, but it's alright. I'm alright with it. Sure. But, like, the problem is if George Lucas would have just, like, got off his fucking toilet... And went to the other room finally, and let somebody write a, like an Indiana Jones movie on its own. We'd have been okay. Also, take the time and read Frank Darabont's Indiana Jones four draft. It is fucking great, and sure. it puts Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to shame. <laughs> However, do not read Christopher Columbus's Indiana Jones and the Monkey King script yeah. from the mid '80s that was supposed to be Indiana Jones three. It is the biggest piece of shit <laughs> on the planet. It yeah. begins with Indy fighting a ghost, and yep. then it be- then him having an affair with one of his students, yep. and then when he rejects her, she comically tries to commit suicide multiple times. It's Frightening. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I think, has some really good moments. I think the execution is terrible. I think I think Harrison Ford is 
checked out in all of the worst ways. I yeah. think Steven Spielberg is checked out, and he's only doing this to finally shut George Lucas up <laughs> and to make sure he keeps getting those sweet, sweet Star Wars points that right. he's been getting for years. Well, see, and I think I, I do agree that it is not... It's not a well-made movie, but I just have... I, I don't know. Like, I have a dumb soft spot for it. I think there's enough good and interesting in it that I give a pass to fucking All swinging the on the monkey vines in the yeah. middle of the jungle. Yeah. I just wish the movie would have had more... Oh, I wanted more Kate Blanchett in the movie. Sure. She She's does, great. Like, that, that's what... that's it's. Oh, she's so great in the movie. And I'm so glad she ended up getting to be, like, the big bad guy in yeah. Thor Ragnarok. And they let her have screen time to kind of, like, vamp it up a little bit oh. by herself. Because she totally gets how to like vamp it up and like right. play that over the top shit but I didn't need like like Shia LaBeouf in that movie is so egregiously bad <laughs> I would rather have 10 short round standalone movies <laughs> I think for for my money I think what would kind of save the movie if you're interested at all in watching it is to watch the first like 10 or 15 minutes of it where Indiana Jones is, uh, you know, kidnapped by the KGB. They go through that big warehouse chase sequence. He's apprehended by the FBI, basically like told like, yeah, you're a war hero, but this is the 50s and you're a shitbag communist sympathizer. You get out of here, Indiana Jones. Skip most of the stuff with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Just skip most of the middle, except edit in all the parts where Kate Blanchett is being a real weird fucking bizarro Russian psychic obsessed villainess yes. and then just go to the ending where they go to the weird fucking Mayan temple at the end and then <laughs> cut the part where the giant spaceship crashes out of the mountains and flies into space yeah. Yeah. And I, that like, didn't bother me a nice uh, half hour movie again I like the fact that it's a B-movie alien yeah movie, it would have it would have made look look I just think it would have made a better episode of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles that's sure, all I'm saying sure sure, sure. <laughs> I get it uh, wow, good Pat episode of Briscoe County Jr. God, I fucking love that show. Oh, so yeah. fucking good. So fucking Guys, good. Guys, can we do that next? Uh, if you can find an I have the DVDs. You fuck yes. All right, so that, that this... Guys, welcome to the Briscoe cast. <laughs> yeah, right. The very first yeah. podcast devoted solely to guys, Briscoe Guys, guys, what is the orb? <laughs> no, but you think that was the real Elvis or one of his ancestors? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick, divisive movies. What's your favorite? Yeah, there are a couple of like underappreciated movies I, I started to think about talking but for the movie of a of a franchise that is the least favorite movie of anybody's that I actually really like I'm gonna go for Star Trek 5 you may know this Boo, as the I'm one mad at you now I get to be mad yeah you doesn't fucking feel good kills God okay that's that's the one where they kill God yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't sure if that was the whales one or no, not no 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 okay, that's, okay. four. Four that's four four is four uh, okay. five is kill God and uh, yeah. I love Boo. the Love the fuck out of that movie. It's got great monologues about how William Shatner is melodramatically not going to let Boy. people take his pain. It's my pain. I need it. It makes me who I am. It does, though. <laughs> Stop shaking the table with yeah. the mic on. Seriously, John. <laughs> Sorry, when I uh, when I conjure up the spirit of Shatner, <laughs> when I am merely a vessel through which his outmoded masculinity reigns. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. When you summon the anima that is Shatnericus <laughs> into being. 
It is a movie without action, mostly, but it is like just like Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Yeah. Oh that, boy. Ooh. Made entirely of glory ooh. shots of the Enterprise. Yes. That thing is hard. You can see <laughs> hard you can see, to stand up for. You can see the camera like shaking from the guy jerking off while he's yeah. holding it. Here's no. the thing: is like you watch like the spacemen do flips and shit because they're happy to be on the, the clearly uh, one of crew. one of the producers clearly just saw a uh, fucking 2001 Space Odyssey. Yes. And was like, <gasps> movies can be unbearably slow yes. now? Yes. Oh, buddy, call up my Star Trek buddies. We're making a movie. Definitely. At least 2001 had the balls to end with a weird, like, spaceman entering the space vagina and be growing yeah. to an... Like, it had... Like, the whole point of it being slow is you were supposed to feel as stir-crazy as these isolated astronauts were. No, in this one, you're just supposed to jizz a bunch of times... <laughs> Because the spaceship is not made out of old paper towel rolls. You're like, hey, hey, that's not old toilet paper with spray paint on it. Come. So that's Star I, Trek 1. Star Trek 5. If you Star want Trek 5. No, I, I love all the meditation about how uh, people get bored and hedonistic in times of peace. So I haven't, and I yet haven't. we all have these imaginary utopias, but they're all sure. different and counter. I love campfire sing-alongs oh, where you're fuck, eating yeah, no. I haven't seen Star Trek 5 in a very long time. What is the overarching plot of it? <laughs> oh, it's uh, Spock's brother, Cybok. He, what? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Played by a chubby dude. Yeah, he is just like some weird guy. He looks like a young Rip Torn without any of <laughs> without any of Rip Torn's natural charisma or, or depth of voice. Like a really or alcoholism. Young, yeah. Or like a really young uh, Rise Davies. Right. Yeah, oh, that okay. would work too. That would work too. And uh, he he goes to this planet that's like the the uh, demilitarized zone planet. Okay. Where there's a Federation rep, a Romulan rep and a Klingon rep. It's Checkpoint Charlie in Star Trek. Right. Gotcha. And he gets them all together because he can like sense your pain and then he makes you like a follower everybody. He's like Spock's a cult brother. leader. Yes, yeah. Fox brother. Okay. Because, He's the David Koresh of space. Right. Yeah. Because he he uh, defied the logical order on Vulcan and he embraced the Vulcan emotional truths. Whoa. And so he's like all passionate and he can feel your feelings. God, he bro. makes he makes bones cry. He does make bones cry. I'm really angry right now about this movie and I'm not watching it. Oh, but God. the way you're describing it, I think I might hate it more and than Crystal Skull. He <laughs> gets the Enterprise where he doesn't convince Kirk to like let him take the ship but they kind of end up getting manipulated into it anyway to go find god in the uh the middle of the universe and like an asteroid right 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 and they have to go through some weird thing where they can't communicate with anybody i can't remember what it's called the uh, kuiper belt yes no that's a different one. Uh, that's an actual thing that exists in our solar system. Yeah, that's not this so one. So you're right, though. it's probably not. Yeah. It's probably a science thing. Like, but anyway, they, they go to this planet. <laughs> yes, that high, mighty science fiction <laughs> conceit of goo. <laughs> It's all over fucking space, this goo. What Can you believe this? <laughs> Everywhere I'm stepping in space, there's this fucking goo. It's on my shoes, it's on my jeans. Mario. Ah, oh, jeez. Mario. The emptiness of space, my ass. Mario, trust the fungus. <laughs> uh, you're doing the Mario voice to tell Mario to trust the fungus. You got to sound like Ozami. You're like, Mario, Mario, trust the fungus. Uh, real quick diversion for a John Leguizamo story. He was filming a shitty TV movie in Pittsburgh where I was going to college. 
a buddy of mine goes to see them shooting some outdoor scenes, sees John Leguizamo and just says, Johnny Legs, how you doing? <laughs> John Leguizamo comes up and says, hey, kid, what's up? How you doing? He's like, oh, nothing. I'm just a real big fan. I was real excited to see you. You know, I'm going to this acting college. Oh, acting college. Yeah. You been in any movies? Um, you know, just like student films. Ah, student films. Yeah, yeah, amateur. Sorry it wasn't as good as Super Mario Brothers, John Leguizamo. <laughs> and he got really grumpy and walked away. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, well, how could you not if you've well, been he's, Super he's, Mario Brothers? He probably had some pretty rough feelings about that movie, considering him and Bob Hoskins spent most of it drunk. Yeah. And he broke Bob Hoskins' hand at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which he didn't feel, because yeah, he was really drunk. drunk. Yeah, that's the ticket. Okay, so Star Trek, yeah. they murder God. So they find God, he starts shooting lightning bolts at him, so Spock gets out of his a, hands? Out of his eyes. Because <laughs> he's just a big head. Because he's see? just a big blue face. He's Zardoz? No. no. He's not a stone face. He's okay. like a wavy yeah. hologram face. Oh, right. sorry, sorry. He's Zordon? So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, yeah. He needs five teenagers with attitude. Cool. Right. So Spock's brother mind melds with him, and then Spock shoots the whole business to pieces with a disruptor cannon from a Klingon vessel. And he kills God. And he kills. Well, you learned that that probably wasn't God. <laughs> Don't you just love learning the central conceit of your movie was actually wrong the yeah. whole time? Well, I mean, you have to assume With it's not With no God dramatic payoff? Because he got killed by a disruptor cannon. And I feel like if there was a God, he should at least require photon torpedoes to be killed. <laughs> anyway, uh, after they killed the face God, cut back to the mountains of Wyoming where yeah. they sing Row, so Row, Row Your in Boat. In the beginning of the movie, uh, Kirk is climbing El Capitan mm-hmm. in Yellowstone National Park and he falls off and Spock saves him with rocket boots. And so at the end of the movie, we go back and Bones and Kirk teach uh, Spock how to sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat in the round. Oh, how does that go? Pretty well, actually. Though Spock then does ask a bunch of questions about the meaning of the song because it doesn't make any sense. And of course, life is not a dream. You may have noticed that this movie was written by William Shatner? And is that... Is that right for five? Oh, five was a Shatner joint Is through it read, and through. Written? He didn't write. He he's got like a co-writing credit on it, and he didn't direct it. But like for all intents and purposes, he directed yeah. the movie. He, he got directed big... one of them. He six. It's six or four. It's, it wasn't it's four. Not four. Four was Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy. Yeah. Nimoy's four. I think it. Shit, did he straight up direct it five? Well, I, I thought not, was... though, because he gets in a big fight. Uh, I know that this is like like uh, the, the set talk or whatever, but there's a big fight because uh, uh, Sulu is supposed to be the captain of the Excelsior in the original draft of five, but Kirk's like, no, 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 he's got to be on my ship. That's how this whole thing works. And so like that was like a rift between the two of those actors. Yeah. Because well, Sulu like, was supposed to have a more prominent role as a ship captain, which he is in six. He's the captain of the Excelsior. Got it. And like uh, Shatner was so pissed off that they let Nimoy direct four that he was like, the next movie's got to be yeah. me. It's yeah. got to be mine. I'm pretty sure you're right. He does direct five. Because yeah. Nimoy not only directs four, he also directs three. That's why he's such a small part in the search for Spock, because oh, he directs it. Yeah. Yeah. But then he's back in four, even though he also directs it. Anyway, what, 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 what? What is good about this movie? I mean, you described the plot. Well, see, that's the but thing like, what do you like about, about it? Star Trek is that you actually have to be down with all their philosophical bullshit. <laughs> oh, got it. 
And if you're not, it's just a boring waste of time. Sure. Gotcha. All right. Well, moving on to Mark, your favorite divisive movie. I'm going to go with something um, that it's not part. I mean, I guess technically it's part of a franchise now, but wasn't when it came out. Um, but it was a movie that when it came out was just absolutely savaged by critics, made zero dollars at the box office basically, and took at least a home video release in several years for to kind of build up a cult following. Uh, and I'm going with Wet Hot American Summer. Uh-huh. Uh, just the classic camp comedy created from the ashes of the state. Um, the people who didn't go on to Reno 911. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, in, in my opinion, one of the top ten funniest movies of all time, maybe yeah. even top five, um, has now spawned a Netflix sequel and Two. Netflix prequel yeah, yeah. series. Uh, probably more to come. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Wet Hot American it's, Summer. Yeah, it's, it, I get why critics didn't like it at first, because it's not a parody of camp movies, it's a parody of comedy. Right. It's so good. It is, <laughs> so much of it is played with heart and real emotion and kind of straight. Like, they're not just throwing out the dumb jokes. Like, there are dumb jokes yeah. in the movie. There's literally a scene where, like, the guy, a guy gets, like, broken up with and, like, slips on a banana peel and gets a yeah. bucket on the head. <laughs> but, like, it's all all done so well. Yeah. And with so much heart and a feeling and emotion that, like, it just amps it up to a whole other level. It's clear that the, the people who made this movie actually love camp. They, right. They all, like, a lot of them talked behind the scenes about how, like, Oh yeah, no, I grew up in camp and like became a camp counselor and it was great and like bringing that love of it along with a very pointed satire of how lazy and shitty camp comedy movies are. Right. And I mean, it's worth saying uh, this movie, uh, time has proven its worth as it's been around as it is a ground zero of just like so much amazing comedic talent like Kristen Wiig points to it as an inspiration for a lot of her career but not only that just like the people who came out of the movie it was Bradley Cooper's first movie oh yeah and now Bradley he skipped his graduation at the actor's studio to film a sex scene with Michael Liam Black in a shed (laughs) so he didn't get James Lipton to jam a sweaty diploma into his hand it's awesome uh, Amy Poehler, one of her first movies. Paul Rudd. Um, Paul Rudd. Uh, um, Michael Showalter, who ended up directing The Big Sick, nominated for Best Screenplay yeah. this year. David Amy w- Poehler. Yeah, Amy Poehler. David Wayne, uh, who just directed uh, uh, um, the new National Lampoon movie yeah. based off of the life of um, Doug Kenny, a uh, stupid and futile gesture, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got uh, Michael Ian Black. Um, who's a traveling? Who's a stand-up now? He's very well regarded. He's written all sorts of stuff. Uh, Chris Maloney would go on to do fucking Law and Order yeah. SVU for like twenty years, <laughs> yeah. and then be like the secret weapon in so many different little comedies, like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Yeah. Um, so many people in this movie. Yeah, Chris like, Maloney also in Oz. He was on Oz, yeah. yeah. Like at that point, he was the guy from. He was the fucking like weird like Nazi guy from Oz. Yeah. yeah. Like that's crazy. It's okay. And like and the the Netflix stuff has been incredible. It has been so good. Like the prequel yes. and the sequel series have both been fucking solid. They've been amazing continuations and expansions yeah. 
of that of that that universe. Jesus, just seeing uh, Michael Showalter as Reagan and Michael Ian Black as George H. W. Oh. Bush is just hysterical. Oh, it's so amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so definitely watch Wet Hat American Summer and watch its prequel and sequel series on Netflix. You will not be disappointed. Oh, fuck. Uh, John H. Benjamin. Yeah, H. Yeah, H. H. For, at the time, yeah, at the time it was H. John Benjamin, and then sometimes it's just John Benjamin. Because yeah, I, yeah. I knew him first from uh, Dr. Katz, professional therapist, and I yeah. think in that he is credited as John H. Benjamin. Yes, but I and think then, like everything since then has been H. H. John, John Benjamin. Yes. Yeah. Because the first time I came across him was Home Movies. Same here. Yeah. Um, but he, and he's also, Home Movies was basically Dr. Katz Part 2, Now yes. We Have a Budget. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's also <laughs> like... slightly more money he's the voice cast. Of, he's the voice of Bob Belter on uh, Bob's Burgers. He's, he's the voice of Archer, Sterling Archer. Archer. He is the voice of a can of vegetables. A talking can of peas yeah. and carrots. <laughs> and briefly... suck its own dick. He had a weird sketch show called H. John Benjamin Has a Van. That's right. Yeah. Actually, uh, I think in that case, he's John Benjamin. That's right. It was called John yeah. Benjamin Has a Van. It was actually a pretty solid show. Yeah. He also released a jazz album... Called I Wish I Learned How to Play the Piano. Nice. And it's a legit like drummer and bass player who are real jazz musicians while he sits in front of a piano that he does not know how to play and goes... For a whole album. Wow. And it attains transcendent, beautiful genius. Go to YouTube and find when he's on uh, Late Night with Colbert. Because he performs a song from (laughs) I Don't Know How to Play the Piano with John Baptiste. Oh. Nice. And uh, Colbert says, now I don't know how to play the trumpet. Can I play the trumpet? So he plays the trumpet oh. while John H. Benjamin is playing the piano while John Baptiste and his band are like actually making a song. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it is incredible. Nice. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, do we have any um, uh, honorable mention divisive movies? I mean, everybody seems to like The Fifth Element, but I don't. We get into that in the main episode. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that later, but I don't it's really like so, it either. So, so, so movie. And then some of us like Predator 2 more than others of us. <laughs> Look, I like Predator 2. <laughs> all I'm saying is that the Predator that's within it is super <laughs> shitty and is the worst of all the Predators. God, have I ever expressed how much I love that Predators is your Star Wars prequels? <laughs> it's when we want to rile you up, we put a quarter in you that yeah, is right. just like Predators 2. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I, for the record, Predators is a Hell, oh, you're right. That's right. With Adrian Brody and Topher Grace. Adrian Brody got fucking jacked for that movie. He did get jacked. Uh, and like, at first I was like, alright, Adrian Brody in a Predator movie? I don't know. And then I saw him and I was like, oh shit, Adrian Brody? I'll buy it. I'll buy the look. Uh, and then like, you're like, Danny Trejo? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you're like, Topher Grace? Wait a minute. Yeah. Wasn't he like a killer dentist or something? He's yeah. a serial killing like uh, surgeon. Yeah. Unfortunately, doctor. the whole concept of that film is garbage. Yes. Yeah. It's real dumb. And all the writing is garbage and the directing is garbage and most of the acting is garbage. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez only makes about one good movie every three or I four I think he movies. just produced that movie. He directed Did that he? movie. It's garbage. Yeah. Oh boy. I think he likes to make a movie more than to make a good movie. Yeah, sure. Sure. I imagine Battle Angel Alita is going to be real shitty. Yeah. <laughs> but like, holy I did shit. not need live action manga eyes. <laughs> 
But like again, like fucking Desperado is a kick ass movie. Right. movie. I mean, look, look, El Mariachi is pretty kick ass for making it for like four thousand dollars on the hunt. Yeah, the first Sin City is great. Yeah, I will go to bat for it even once upon a time in Mexico. Like it's sure. a little bloated, but it's really good. The scene where like Johnny Depp like having his eyes fucking ripped out of his face, but still like shooting guys down yeah. is pretty fucking kick ass. Yeah. Um, and like I'll even go to bat for uh, um, Dust Till Dawn yeah I was about to say oh Dust Till Dawn Dawn, right yeah Yeah. Yeah. and that's I mean that's another divisive movie where everybody I talk to is like oh man I like the first half but then when the vampires show up like no that's when it gets amazing right yeah the minute that Quentin Tarantino turns into a vampire and he doesn't have to talk anymore, <laughs> the That's movie the gets good. Things are a lot better. Oh, and Planet Terror. Planet Terror is really great, too. Yeah, it's a weird John Carpenter riff. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah sweet. All right, well, that is, does it for our mini-sode here of Divisive Movies uh, and Body Counts of Beer. Once again, next week we'll be talking about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Uh, I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Brown. I realized I never introduced myself in the Star Wars episode, so just remember this voice is John Rooney. The That's people John Rooney. won't know. The person won't know, correct. Yeah, <laughs> and that person's already French, so like, who knows if they understand any of this. John, your mom's French? I have no idea what Patrick is talking about I thought about we right had now. a listener loyal from France. We have a, we occasionally get like a listener or two from France, but just like we get one from like... The Philippines. Oh, nice. Or like, you President know. President Duterte's listening to Body Counts in the video. <laughs> uh, That's if, thrilling news. Oh, okay. Well, if he is, fuck you, buddy. No, yeah. no. We've never done drugs, Mr. Duterte, sir. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> Show over! <laughs> Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosendahl. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are purveyed. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.